Oh, hello, and thank you for pressing play. It's me, Fran, your co-host, and you're listening to Over Underrated. Babs is back home in Belgium, and as you can hear, I am in a football stadium because of Euro 2020. Lucky me. But what is the subject for today's episode? Well, we're going to Glasgow, and we have a special guest. We have Chris Webb from the film podcast Still Any Good. And he recorded this all the way from New Zealand on a Sunday morning for your pleasure. So, here we go. Let's start the podcast. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Over underrated. And welcome back to another episode of Over Underrated. Today we are chatting about Glasgow. We are with a special guest as well. But before that, I will ask my co-host Babs, how is she doing? I am doing well, Fran. As mentioned before the recording, I am sunburnt. I have temporary tattoos with the Belgian football team uh, on my forearms. Therefore, I'm having a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice. You? It's just nice to be outside, isn't it? After it's, all this it, time. I, honestly, I was outside all day yesterday. I went canoeing, which I thought was going to be an absolutely unmitigated disaster, but easier, easier than I thought, despite getting stuck in silt for ten minutes in the boat. Um, and uh, yeah, it was nice to be with a group of friends outside watching football. What's going on? But yeah, so how about you? I am also allowed to be outside, although I have been. Um, locked down watching football for the past two days. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's self-imposed self-isolation, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so no tan for me as yet. But we are with a guest who has probably had a better lockdown than most other people in the world. And we have co-hosts of the film podcast, Still Any Good. We have Chris Webb from New Zealand. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? We're all good. So yeah, um, I assume you've been having a better time than many other countries recently? Yes. Um, the lockdown thing that you talk about, that for us, I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm going to anyway. That lasted about six weeks and ended about a year <laughs> ago. So we've been out and about gallivanting as if nothing had ever happened, really. But what I am not is, of course, sunburned, unlike you guys, because it's the middle of winter. And it's a bit chilly at the moment. Yeah. Of course. It's actually raining at the moment as well. Oh, no. Wow. Sunny in Belgium, raining in New Zealand. This feels wrong. This feels very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm sure we can fix it. Chris has chosen today's uh, bands. And uh, so what bands are we going to be discussing today, Chris? Well, for my underrated choice from Glasgow, I've chosen Teenage Fan Club. And for my overrated band from the same city, I have chosen Primal Scream. Woohoo! And I believe we'll be starting with Primal Scream. So, Chris, tell us a bit about Primal Scream and, and why you chose them. Well, I, I took the definition of overrated quite literally when I did this because there's a lot of bands that I don't particularly like, but I can completely understand why they're rated. I can see why people like them. But with Primal Scream, I just don't get it. I think they're okay. I think some of the stuff they've done is very good, but I don't really understand the the, the the plaudits and the awards that keep getting thrown at them because I just find them a little bit average. I think they're very, very diverse. I quite like the fact that every album has almost got a different theme, so it doesn't really sound like them, but I just find them a little bit dull. That's perfectly fine. Babs, what's your experience with the Screamers? Um, so before before going into this episode and doing the research, I, I agreed with Chris. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan. Like the the songs I had saved to my Spotify was Loaded, Swastika Eyes, Kill All Hippies, and Accelerator. And to be honest, beyond Loaded, I didn't really listen to them that much. I think I have a slight bias against Bobby Gillespie for seemingly no reason. I think he just has this very sort of serious, grumpy face. And I took it to to mean that he's like this arrogant rock star. And I was like, well, let's actually go and look at some interviews with him, which I did this morning. And I was like, okay, no, he's he's more interesting than I thought. Um, and given that they have such a strong association with Andrew Weatherall, who I really like, um, you know, once I, I discovered him not through um, Primal Scream, but through the inclusion of one of his songs, Feathers, on this really great film called Cherry Bomb. 
which has an amazing soundtrack. I, I feel like they're, again, one of those bands that I should like more because they blend all these different genres, but it's never really clicked with me. And when I've done sort of further listening, I, I wasn't really um, on board. So yeah, that, that was that was my view coming in. How about I'm you, Fran? So I guess I get I've got a feeling, but I'm probably the only Primal Scream fan on this podcast. I say fan in a, in small letters. So I I own Scream and Delica. I don't actually know why because I never listened to that album. Um, I own the best of, of Primal Scream. I own the 2005 is it Riot City Blues, and I saw them play that um, tour, and um, and that ends my compilation CDs of Primal Scream. So I own three CDs. So I don't love them, but I'm aware of them, and I have seen them live. I saw them play um, the Southampton Guildhall um, a couple of years ago on their best of tour, and they they still got it. I mean, they're strut stuff still, but they are a very confusing band if you want to get into them. They they very much have two sides to the coin, don't they? You have the the I want to be in the Rolling Stones Primal Scream, and then I want to be uber cool with my added dance uh, primal scream. So they're kind of a, a weird band because they've never really had that one sound throughout. Um, so it'd be interesting to find out what you guys think of these songs. So Chris has made us a five track playlist and uh, we will be discussing this playlist in detail. And uh, Chris, what's the first song on your playlist? Overrated. The first one I've done is is from a very, very early album. It's from the second album from 1989. And it is I'm Losing More Than I'll Ever Have, which for the, the untrained screamer, they'll recognise as the bits that were then taken and turned into Loaded. Um, but I actually quite like this album. For, for me, this is the last sort of complete album they did. I mean, you said earlier, Fran, that you own Screamadelica and you, you've never really listened to all of it. I bet you listen to the first half and then turn it off. Because a lot of Primal Scream albums, they start out great and then they kind of sort of taper off towards the end. They just sort of throw in some sound effects and dub remixes of other tracks on the album. And this one is it's just a nice indie rock album. And I, th- I think what you said, Barb's, the some, some people have a problem with, with Bobby, Bobby Gillespie. I certainly do. I find him quite unlikable. I, I don't like his singing voice. And he always looks like he needs a good wash. But in this one... He's really singing. He's actually belting it out. And this song in particular, I think it's a really, really good song. Um, I think it's got a a cracking hook and that brass section at the end is fantastic. So I just really, really like this one. So, you know, I said up the top that I, this, this, you know, I went in with one opinion and then this playlist changed, has basically kind of changed my mind on Primal Scream. So what surprised me with this song was how, it sounded like Oasis Light with elements of Stone Roses. And I was like, I do, did not associate Primal Scream with that song mm. at all because the Primal Scream I know is, is Scream of Delica onwards. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it until it got to the end. And I was like, oh, this is Loaded. Yeah. I, I did not know. <laughs> I did not know that Loaded was uh, was an Andrew Weatherall remix from this. I knew that he was involved. So I thought it was a very interesting inclusion because, yeah, I didn't know that they had this more rock sound. And personally, Chris, I think Loaded is a much better version than, <laughs> than this song. Though it was interesting to see kind of what came before and, and how they were at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It's, actually, it's actually quite strange because I've been aware that Loaded was a remix of their song. But for some odd reason, I've never actually listened to a song until I was asked by Chris. And, and I forgot all about it until the last part of the song. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's just Loaded, isn't it? It's just the original version of Loaded. And yeah, it, it shocked me. But like, what I found interesting was this was very early on in the Primal Scream career. Mm. But this song is so ambitious. You, you'd think this would be from a band who've had like ten number one albums and been doing a holiday on cocaine. It doesn't sort of seem like a middling indie band who've been had no success at all, really. And a lot of people, like the band we we're mentioning later on, thought that. Scream of Delica was their debut album because people didn't mm. know about their mm. 80s past unless they're really into that that scene. Also, I also noticed that the last part is basically Stay With Me by Rod Stewart, but sung by yeah. Bobby Gillespie. I don't know that song. Stay <laughs> With Me. It's like, hang on, yeah. I've heard this before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah I, I, I like it. And I love, I mean, 
the best bits of Loaded is when the trumpets come in and, and yeah. the guitars come in. So if I love that, then obviously I'm going to like the original. So yeah, I actually quite enjoy this. And I don't know why it's taken me 30 years to <laughs> listen to it. I mean, I think Loaded. Yeah, I was going to talk about Loaded a little bit more. And this is one of the, I, I do have some very strange opinions on certain songs. And this is one of them. Loaded is great. It's really, really brilliant. And one of the reasons I didn't put it in is because I don't consider it to be a primal scream song. I think it's an Andrew Weatherall song. You know, very much if you think of Praise You by Fatboy Slim, um, that's because he took apart whatever that, that song was called, it Take Your Praise, and just completely remixed it and then made it his own. I think that's the same with Loaded. I, I don't really... All it is is the, those brass bits, a few guitar chords, and Bobby Gillespie going, oh, yeah. The rest is Andrew Weatherall. So I didn't include it deliberately because I don't think it's one of this. It's a very strange opinion, I know, but... He did a remix before the one we know as Loaded, and they rejected it because it was basically this song with a different beat. And they said, no, no, mm. Andrew, we hired you because we want you to fuck it up. Yeah, and so yeah. he went and he did fuck it up and he, he created them a whole new sound and basically started their career, basically. Yeah. From that yeah, song, they them, became yeah. the primal scream. We knew a, a, you know, Scream was Edica. So it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how remix can completely change a band's career. Totally. And I mean, I'm personally quite glad, Chris, that you didn't include Loaded or Moving On Up or Rocks as the as the biggest songs. I mean, this is over underrated, right? I, I think these are perhaps lesser known songs that I, I certainly hadn't heard any of them because, yeah, on my on my further listening, I think I probably had delved into Scream Delica, But uh, yeah, well, the next song, which is which is from there, I hadn't heard before. Yeah. So we, we talk about that, which is I think it's the second track from Scream Delica. Because obviously Scream Delica starts with Moving On Up, which... Again, I'm not a huge fan of it. starts brilliantly. You think it's going to be no, awesome. It just builds up and builds up. And then it just repeats itself. There's this sort of repetitive sort of gospel bit where they sing My Light Shines On. It just goes on for about five minutes. And then you get this, which is so different from anything they'd ever done before. And this does coincide with the first time that I saw them live. Because I have seen them three times live. Um, and I saw them when they, just before Scream Delica came out, they did a little mini tour to promote the, the EP that had Moving On Up. And so I was expecting stuff from their eponymous album, stuff from their this sort of jangly album that came before that. And then they came on and they did this. And I just, it just blew me away. And, and that's how I feel about, like I said, uh, with Screaming Delica, the, the first half of Screaming Delica is cracking. And it's full of songs like this. And this is, this is a really, really good song. And it's brilliant to dance to. And I just really, really like it for that reason. It's just so different from anything that they'd ever produced before. Chris? Yes. Um, do you remember, like... Am I right in saying that a lot of people were unaware of Primal Scream before Loaded? That's absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, they were, they, they were sort of darlings of the enemy because they'd been part of that. There was a, a sort of a movement that the enemy created, which they always liked to do, called C86, which was a load of sort of mumbly, jangly indie bands, and they, they brought out a cassette, and, and they were on that, so they were always associated with that, which they didn't like. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they'd never really been successful their first two albums, you know, got to like about number 60 in the charts or whatever, and they'd, they'd never had a top 40 single. So until Loaded came out, they were just one of those bands that you read about in the NME, and that was about it, really, yeah. I had completely forgot about this song, but I found out it's a cover, isn't it, of the 13 Federators? It's a, the old psychedelic band. You're, you're, you're out triviaing me now. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. No. And randomly, the, another 90s darling, The Shaman, have also covered a song. Oh. And check out the further listening and yeah and obviously the main thing about bobby did was change the lyric from slip inside this house to trip inside this house because you know oh, he loves oh, his mm, druggies and, uh, did, <laughs> and yeah yeah, yeah and yeah I, as soon as i hear this i just think of a field with someone with a bucket head and a spiral on their t-shirt waving their arms up in the air it has that that, that yeah. feel to me of those early 90s uh, festivals. Um, Babs, what's your, what's your opinion? I mean, yeah, I was four years old in 1991, so um, you know, I, was, oh, I wasn't tripping in many fields. Yeah, sorry, Chris. Um, I was 20. I, my notes... <laughs> <laughs> um that's okay it's okay you know well it means you've seen a lot of bands that i like that i wouldn't have been able to those those are the those are the positives but i literally wrote this sounds very 90s trip hoppy indian strings happy monday's piano i really like the way it slowly builds up especially and then i tried to give it a name the swoopy section in the middle which you know it's just a bit where kind of it gets a bit intense and I don't know that there's some kind of synth or something and, and it gets a bit aggressive and then it kind of, 
you know, comes, mm. comes down again. Um, and I wrote that it sounds like a more layered stone roses in my mind. Um, and there's a, there's a link to them later on, isn't there? There is. You know, you mentioned move, moving on up. That <laughs> has become like the perfect montage song, isn't it? Yeah. Like moving it up is perfect if it's like a, a couple of minutes with some visuals behind it of like, you know, a football scene or something. But yeah, as a song by itself, I have heard it live a few times and it, it yeah, you, you get the idea after after a couple of minutes. So um, with a change of with a change of direction for the primal screen, mm. uh, track number three, Chris. Yeah, so track number three, I've, I've kind of done these chronologically. So we're, we're up to 1994 now from the, the follow-up album, which was Don't Fight It, Feel It, which I think some people were disappointed by because it wasn't more of that kind of indie house sound. So they went, they basically made a Rolling Stones album. Um, and this is the opening track for that, which is Jailbird. Like I said, I, I deliberately didn't choose Rocks because it's overplayed. And, you know, even people like Rod Stewart have done a cover of it. I was watching Shaun the Sheep, the movie earlier, and it's on that. So it's everywhere. Um, so I chose the opening track, which is Jailbird, which I just think is a really good, fun pop rock song. I just think it's really good fun. Um, they always seem to sort of take themselves way too seriously. And, and this is this song's just a good laugh. I mean, the, the, the sort of the what the song's about, probably not so much fun. I think it's really about how brilliant it is to be a junkie. They, they do it in such a nice, fun way. And this coincides with the second time that I saw them live. I saw them at Reading in 1994 and they weren't great. They were headlining on the second day and it wasn't good. They were obviously having much more fun than, than I was. And I, so I, I, I wish I'd sort of gone to the second stage. I think somebody like, I can't remember, it was like Dubstar or somebody were playing on the second stage. I'd much rather gone to see them. But this song's good. Like it. Didn't particularly like the album, but this is good. So why why were they not good? So do you, is it was it kind of technical problems? Were they just not feeling the vibe, or, or it just yeah, it just wasn't enjoyable? It sounded very like they were sort of going through the motions, like sort of mm. it, was, it was quite sort of methodical rather than rather than fun. Um, I'll compare it to two years later. I saw the Stone Roses at Reading in '94, which has sort of gone down in history as or '96, sorry, which has gone down in history as one of the the worst concerts ever. Um, and it's the same thing. It was. It was like sort of music by numbers. They weren't particularly having... Nobody seemed to be really enjoying it. I don't know I wasn't. Maybe if I was drunk, I'd have enjoyed it, but I wasn't. But it just, yeah, it was just quite cold. I think um, during this era, they were also on tour with Depeche Mode for a long time. And I think they said that they the band had burnt out. And mm. after this, I think um, a couple of members had left the bassist and the drummer left. So they weren't probably in their, in their best headspace yeah. when they were doing yeah. Reading. And also, I, I guess the chemicals might have affected that as well. I, I've seen... Um, Primal Screen played Glastonbury in the late 90s and it was pretty embarrassing mm. um, how fucked Bobby seemed to yeah, be. Yeah. Um, so it all depends on, on, the, on the state of the band. When I first got this playlist from you, I tried to decide, because you chose it as overrated, I thought, are these ba- songs that you hated, Chris? So, no. Because I like Jailbirds. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I did my homework with this and I, I listened to every single Primal Scream album in order. And then I, I, wow. I made it, I know, I'm not doing that again. And it, it was a, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a huge effort, but I, I really, really did try to pick five songs that I like the most. I, I wasn't trying to pick the rubbish ones. That would have been so much easier. This was ones that I really, really enjoy. So I was, I, I'm trying to sort of okay, convince yeah. myself that I'm wrong, I suppose. Well, that's a good tactic. I mean, we did an episode of Bon Jovi and oh, uh, yeah, gosh. that was... We're still traumatised. <laughs> Struggle. Still traumatised. And that was yeah. the worst of Bon Jovi as well. Wow. Like, the, yeah. the naughty Bon Jovi. Yeah. Ooh, it it started with John Bon Jovi by himself covering Fairy Tale of New York. <gasps> oh I my think that tells God. I've not heard. I've not had the pleasure. That sounds amazing. So check out our hair metal episode, <laughs> yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always been a fan of this song. Um, I think Primus Green always t- tend to have, like Chris mentioned, three or four decent tracks per album and then a lot of filler. And this song has, you know, um, rocks, as you mentioned earlier, and Joe, but a, a standout great um, anthems. And um, if you see the, um, the documentary on this um, album, because they, first of all, they went to Memphis to record it. Oh, they did, that's right, yeah. With the, uh, yeah, with like the, the Multi Shores um, rhythm section and everything. Mm. And then when they took it back to creation, they were like, um, this is not Scream Delica, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this is not going to sell. So they completely, they completely scrapped the album. So there's a different version 
you can mm. check out of this, wow. which is quite cool. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of this, of, of this track. You know, I've, I've heard it live, although it's much better when he has backing singers yeah. than him just singing it all by himself. He needs an extra push, you know. Um, yeah, it's 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 a you know it's a um, you know um, let, let it bleed period yeah. primal scream isn't it for their own same comparisons so Babs you're a big fan of Jailbird or I'm not this Jailbird was my least favorite song on on this playlist and I was trying to figure out why um, and I I wrote poppy and insincere guitars I don't know I just it, yeah they didn't sell it to me I, I I don't know what it is I was also quite put off because um, the the album so give out but don't give up the album cover is this very glamorous looking confederate flag and i'm just like ugh, that's very yeah like it, it just put me off yeah. immediately and you know I, I mean i haven't read the lyrics to swastika eyes i don't know <laughs> i don't think bobby is flirting with the right wing and literally just before this podcast i saw um an interview with him uh with christian guru murthy on on channel 4 news being like neoliberalism and austerity has killed this country so i don't think he is but it just you know that's the kind of thing that like rock stars you think they're edgy that put on mm. so so yeah maybe maybe that did put me off but no it, it, it is it is the sound I, I i didn't quite get it i don't have the association with it being an anthem in the same way that that rocks does um i didn't hate it but yeah not my favorite Fair enough. Do, you, do you know that in 2002 they wrote a song called bomb the pentagon yes uh, i did not yes i am aware <laughs> surprisingly sony told them maybe change the lyrics <laughs> so yeah it's, yeah it's not the first time they're being controversial mm. i think may, a lot of it I, I think is is them trying to you know get some some edge maybe yeah. um yeah. but yeah I, I don't know politically if they are um you know, they are. confederates yeah. <laughs> um yeah um, I, I, I don't think so but yeah i just thought like you know, it, it feels like the kind of thing that like yeah a stupid 18 year old boy would do like oh, oh, oh. Yeah. because it, it looks it looks very well lit and uh and very glamorous exactly like if it was literally any other flag you'd be like oh okay they're making a statement but it's like what what statement yeah. are they making here i mean racism exists in okay. in his <laughs> defense um i think that is quite a famous piece of pop art i forget who it's by so they have just oh, taken that go. piece of pop art and stuck it on there but you're right it is like oh aren't we edgy but but certainly not in yeah. his defence. I know he has said some pretty controversial things about Israel in the past. Um, so okay. yeah, on on the fence about about where his where on his opinions fence. lie. But yeah, but opinions aside, yeah, it, it, you know the the song. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the of the song, but uh, but I, I did like the other two. Over underrated. So moving on to the new reformed um, Primal Scream with. Manny from the Stone Roses now as the bass player bounce to survive the ah, link was. There we go. But that, yeah, I did not get Stone Roses vibes from this one, more from the earlier, but yeah. So um, what's Thanks. the next track, Chris? Well, it is from their next album, which is from 97, Vanishing Point. Um, and it was the, the first single that came after it, came from that album, which is Kowalski. Um, and it is the first single after Manny from the Stone Roses joined. And the bass track on this, I think, is so good. I think it's really, really good. And that, that's probably the main reason that I chose it. I think that it's just an incredibly catchy bass track. I quite like this album, actually, because this is, for, for those trivia fans, Vanishing Point was a, a road movie in the early 1970s, which had a very sort of heavy metal um, sort of soundtrack to it. And, and Bobby Gillespie said that this album, he wanted it to be an alternative soundtrack to that road movie. So a lot of the songs, if you played it alongside the film, apparently a lot of it makes sense. Probably not in that dark side of the moon, Wizard of Oz kind of way. Let's hope. But yeah, so Kowalski was the name of the, the lead character in the Vanishing Point film. But the other reason I chose this is, like I've said, I'm not a huge fan of Bobby Gillespie's vocals. He can't really hold a tune. Sometimes that works in bands and sometimes it doesn't. And for a lot of Primal Scream, it doesn't. Um, but I really appreciate that in this song, it's not your normal vocal. He just kind of does a loud, husky whisper. And I think that really helps. What I found interesting was this is a top 10 single. Yeah. Really? Which is bizarre because it's yeah. literally not radio the 90s friendly. Was wild. <laughs> it's really odd. Have you seen the video? Of, of oh, they, they, get, they get beaten up by Kate Moss, don't they? Yeah, Irvin <laughs> Welsh wrote it. Yeah. It's, it's like a student film with Kate Moss in it. It's very <laughs> odd. Very, very odd. With some terrible acting from Bobby at the end of it. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned uh, Manny's bass line. Mm. Uh, in some, I've done some research and that bass line is a sample from Funkadelica. Oh. Yeah. Get off your ass and jam. Yeah, so it wasn't even his best oh, line, which I thought was interesting. So it's just bits, bits and pieces from like films and things mm. they enjoyed. So I don't know how much they actually wrote music-wise. I think um, on the next album was the first album that Manny actually had any input in creatively. Um, 
Yeah, I've never understood this song. Um, I, I remember when I bought the best of, I used to always skip it. I think I wasn't cool enough to get it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm certainly not. I wanted more Joe, Joe Bird Pine mocks, and I got Kurowski of all things. Abs. Uh, I love this song. Um, it really reminded me of Kasabian. I really realized how much Kasabian were influenced by by Primal mm. Scream and the Chemical Brothers as well. Um, it did sound very filmic even before I realized, you know, it was uh, soundtracking a film. I, I made that note. I also, Chris, love his whispering. Yeah. I think it adds a nice dimension, especially because, you know, you've got the, the samples of dialogue from Vanishing Point as well. So it's a nice contrast. You don't know where it's going and it, it sort of takes us on a journey. So I think it, it's it's it sounds perfect to me that it is inspired by or is an alternative soundtrack to a film. And yeah, I mean, when I saw the description of the film, I was like, again, like this feels exactly like the kind of film that like an 18 year old film student would like, like, oh, an ex-police officer and a convict on the road. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, okay, well, it's if it's a cult film, it, it sounds interesting. Like, have, have either of you guys seen it? Or? Years ago, no. um, I, I think I saw it, BBC probably showed it like about 20, 30 years ago, something like that. And I do remember watching it. Um, I don't remember anything about it. It's it's probably in a sort of similar vein to that motorbike film with Dennis Hopper in it. You know the one, Easy Rider. Yeah, it's got that kind of feel because it was made a couple of years after Easy Rider, so it was it's one of those. Well, I mean, sort yeah, of... Easy Rider is what's what loaded samples, isn't it? So it is. Oh, it's I, Peter Fonda. It is. Yeah, I think it's it from is, Easy yeah, Rider. Yeah. yeah, but it's Peter Fonda definitely. So there we yeah, go. <laughs> clearly wow. they have. They've got two films the in the collection. <laughs> I wonder if anyone out there has actually bothered to watch Vanishing Point with this as a soundtrack to it. And has it helped? Let us know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving into a new era with uh, your last choice, yes, Chris, we're going to... Another new era for Primal Screen. So this brings us to the year 2000, which I always considered to be one of their later albums. And this is from the album Exterminator. Uh, as I would pronounce it, which is, of course, Exterminator with the vowels taking out. Um, and this is the title track from it, which is Exterminator. Again, I just chose it because it's a cracking bass track. This is Manny again. And it's just... It's, this album's not too bad. It starts off really promising. This is where they first got Kevin Shields in, I think, from My Bloody Valentine. So oh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of his noise. They, they got him in to bring his noise. And you can, you can recognise that because it's quite industrial sounding. Um... But I've got absolutely no idea what he's singing about. It's it's probably something political and accusatory. Um, but because <laughs> I think it's all about civil disobedience. So, but um, no, I just think this song is great. It just really stands out for me. This one. This I think this is my favourite one on the list. I love it. Uh, again, with the Chemical Brothers and Kasabian vibes, I, it, it genuinely sounds like Serge from Kasabian could be singing this. The, the vocals really sounded very similar. Mm. Loved the the filthy bass line um, and the way it builds. And it really makes me want to like get in a car, drive around Tokyo at night with the lights, you know, that it really, again, uh, very, very filmic, very visual. And I'm not a particularly visual person. So uh, I, I always I always like it when songs do evoke that in me because it's it's not something automatic. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the end of the of the playlist. Honestly, Chris, I, I think you said that you created this playlist because you were trying to convince yourself that they were more than rated i've i've kind of changed my mind on them i'm like wow they clearly have so much more going on than than i thought i need to go and explore so so yeah fantastic what about you fran um i own this album um mm-hmm. can't find it but i, I remember both <laughs> album coming out and like, i think this was their last great album like after this they haven't ever created a new sound yeah you know with scream delicate it created a movement I've, and i think with vanishing point is quite influential this was their last influence her album and i i agree i i think sabian have heard this and, and you know, taken their influence from it um in clubfoot yeah, for yeah yeah for, in kowalski it like yeah clearly yeah off. those yeah. bass lines <laughs> and using like the film samples and everything and and it's a really great produced album um i love swastika eyes and, and accelerator and uh kill all hippies are, are, are great tracks uh, yeah there's loads of sounds happening it all, almost sounds like the clangers uh, are talking in the background. You've got those weird, like, electronic vocal things happening. Wow. Um, yeah, he does mention civil disobedience a lot. I don't know in regards to anything else, apart from that line, sounded cool. This was, I think, the last album from Creation. I know that Accelerator was the last ever single that Creation put out as well. So okay. it's a, a kind of, of, an, of a nice full stop to their, um, um, their their label. But yeah, um, I, I listened to an interview of Bobby around this time, and he says how each album they wanted to create a new sound. 
and this was the last time they did that because after this, um, with um, City White Blues, it's basically them in 1994 again doing their Rolling Stone stick and then it's, yeah. they kind of like do like a, a rock album an electro album a rock album an electro yeah, album yeah. that seems to be the, the format going forward for Primal Scream um, I don't it'd be interesting if they can create a brand new Primal Scream but you know, I guess you know they've been going for 35 years now it's kind of hard to always be that original um, as you get older maybe yeah because after Riot City Blues there's, there's three more albums which I did listen mm. to. And they're pretty much the same. Like you said, there's none of that reinvention or even a change in style. They're all really sort of funk and psychedelic grooves. And the last one, which came out five years ago, Chaosmosis, is just a pop album, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not particularly memorable pop. It's not especially good. So I don't think it's any coincidence that the songs I chose were from five of their first six albums, because that is when they mm. were definitely at their most interesting even though like i said a lot of it or some of it isn't really my cup of tea there's there's some very interesting stuff on there what's intriguing to me as well is, is that you're both saying that there's not that many good primal scream albums it's more primal scream tracks right so mm. if if you were going to take a deep dive maybe not do the the chris webb way of uh, <laughs> of listening to them back to back in a in a self-inflicted torturous manner uh but to maybe to maybe do a bit of a shuffle or, or something yeah how, how would you recommend people getting into them if if they listen to this playlist and like it i would say you can't go wrong with the best of and then um, especially from the last the last three albums, there's maybe two tr- decent singles per album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not like, they're not a band when you'd say, oh, this album sums up this band, you must buy this album. Mm-hmm. As Chris says, people would probably say Scream and Delica, but you only need four or five songs on Scream and Delica to get it. Scream and Delica is a very specific sound, mm. and Kowalski and Exterminator on this list are not that sound, and it's so interesting, and I did not know this side to... To primal scream so yeah definitely i think i'll be checking out the greatest hits then songs aside we haven't mentioned i love swastika rise as a, as mm-hmm. a yeah. and i love kill hippies um as, as tracks i even to my sins like country girl um <laughs> oh, <laughs> country girl that sounds <laughs> you know, have country girl is that no not, i haven't that, that was probably my last big hit i reckon in the uk and it's it's like a wedding disco song it's country girl take my yeah it's uh well that is what i thought it was going to sound like (laughs) but okay all right it's 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 their rocks for the noughties basically okay (laughs) ironically it is also their most successful single in the british charts it 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 got higher in the charts it sold more than any of the other ones that we would know like rocks or anything or is it once again we've talked about this before of like songs that you associate with weddings and that can be a good thing or a bad thing and maybe here it's a good thing i think probably for the first time on this podcast i came in thinking yes primal scream are overrated now i think i've changed my mind i'm not saying they're underrated uh but i had not realized how innovative they were because i only knew about one specific kind of sound and i associated that with andrew weatherall uh as the kind of uh machinist behind it yeah so chris i think yeah you wanted to convince yourself and you've convinced me as well that uh yeah maybe maybe there's more to them than uh than rocks moving on up and, and the rest oh that's what good you, that's good i would say that yeah that they're rated they're in between the two songs yeah. like they're not underrated they're not overrated but you know you could e- easily throw a compilation cd of 20 great songs so mm. you know that, that's perfectly fine but yeah they have they're not I was, they're not bands who've made a stunning album. They, you know, I'm more if I hear they've got a new album, I, I will probably check it out. But you know, I'm not going to buy it instantly. That's how I think they, they sit with me. And what about you, Chris? It, it was interesting in that I, I probably realised that I, I do like them a little bit more than I thought. I, I still do think that the, the amount of, of praise that was thrown on them in the '90s, and we still sort of remember you well, that the psychedelia was apparently a, a game changer. Um, I still don't agree with that, but it was fun going through and picking out some songs that I like. And the ones that I, I did pick, I really, really do like them. I love a couple of them especially, and they're, they're on my, my, my other playlist of favourite songs now. But just going through the albums wasn't a pleasurable experience, just because they, they do trail off. You, you, you turn them over to side B, as we used to in the olden days, and the, the, the second half of the album is always a little bit dreary and a little bit dull. They, they seem to have this habit of putting all the best ones right at the beginning. The first four tracks, like Fran said, are always absolute bangers, and then they just get more and more dull as they go along. And I think that's probably something to do with it as well, is that 
I tend to lose interest as I go on. But that, that singles album is a great place to start. You can pick the sound that you like and you can go with it. That, that, that's something that is in their favour. There is going to be a sound that somebody likes. It's half time here and it's half time on the podcast. Um, I think that we have chosen Primal Scream as being not overrated. This is good for them. I'm sure they can uh, relax. And uh, we're going to move on to Teenage Fan Club and discuss if they are underrated. Let's go back to the podcast. Right. So, yes, Chris, tell us about your underrated choice. Well, I've gone for another Glasgow band. And I, I can't really overstate how much I love Teenage Fan Club. I've been in love with them for probably about 30 years now. Um I think I, I, I got into them quite early. They, they'd had one album out already, which everyone sort of forgets exists, which is an album called The Catholic Education, which it's not the best work. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's like if you ever heard any early pulp, you know, it's, it's nowhere near as good as subsequent stuff, but it's almost there. And that, that's what Catholic Education is like. But I still kind of liked it. Um, but then they brought out an album called Bandwagon-esque, which my first choice, I think, is, is from that album, Star Sign. And I just think this album is just wonderful. I love it. Absolutely love it. I've seen them live a handful of times and they're always just lovely. They're just lovely people. They, they have this thing when they play live because there's, there's three songwriters and three vocalists and they sort of take it in turns so everyone gets a fair share of their songs, which I think is just really, really nice. But they're, they're very, very melodic. Now, I know, Barb, you're not a fan of melodic. Um, so you might struggle with this playlist because it's incredibly melodic. Um, but I really like that. I like the power pop. I like the the harmonies. I, I just, God, I love Teenage Fan Club. I think they're absolutely wonderful. What's your guys' experiences with them? Um, growing up in the 90s, so my first album I discovered was Grand Prix, being, you know, the Britpop mm-hmm. era. And I was telling Babs earlier that, like, I swear I owned the album. I went to go and find it, and it was vanished from my music collection for some <laughs> bizarre reason. And, um, yeah, so that was my... That was my first input into them. And for some reason, I don't know why I never really invested any time in going back through their catalogue because it was a few years later when I found out how big they were in America. And like, I remember seeing, is it um, Young Adult when they, they play the concept constantly? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, why is this like such a big song in America? And I, I then found out that that band Meganess was like quite big in America. And obviously Kurt Cobain would go on about them being his favourite band, I think, during that period. And I think it's supported mm, yeah, the barn right. as well. So, yes, yeah, so I've discovered them too late. <laughs> and um, then, yeah, I didn't know much else really. I, I've never really checked them out past the 90s. So I, it, was, it was an interesting journey for me. Babs? They're one of those bands that I'd heard of, but knew nothing about, right? Um, I did like a little bit of Googling before... Um, getting into the playlist but I actually didn't want to too much because it's quite not what I like about this podcast sometimes it's like there's plenty of bands like I don't know Steely Dan or uh like uh, Babes in Toyland where I'm like oh like these are names that I know but I don't necessarily know the songs underrated my first track is from Bandwagon-esque, 1991, as you said, which is Star Sign, which was the first single that came from it. And I just think it's a really, really good power pop song. It's where they first became known. I always remember I was working in a, a, a place in, in West Wales during the summer of 91, driving home, and Mark Goodyear played this. And I always remember he said, well, I enjoyed that so much, I'm just going to play it again. And so he just played it twice on the trot, which I just thought, oh, that's great. And I really, really liked it. I mean, obviously... This song and, and most of Bandwagon-esque, the, the, the huge influence is Big Star from the mid-70s, which is another band I'm sure you've heard of and haven't really heard, but they just sound like this. Yeah, I just, I just picked this one because I think it is the best song off an absolutely outstanding, outstanding album, which means a lot to me. Like I said, I was in my early 20s when this came out. It was like I'd found a band that I just really, really enjoyed and... I chose them because I chose them as underrated, even though they are quite popular in America. I don't think in in Britain especially they've had the success that I think that they deserved. Hardly any of their singles made the top 40. I think they were on top of the pops once. Um, they, they never really appeared, especially alongside some of the other creation label mates 
who all get these these massive plaudits for being game changers and for and for changing the face of music. And I think what they do is is equally, if not more important. I just think they're wonderful, and this album is great. So it's just 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 a love in for me, really. I like I said, I've never really listened to all of um, Band Magnesque, and when I first saw this written down, I thought, "What star sign?" But but once I heard it, I had I must have heard it on the radio or or somewhere. And uh, this is written by Gerard Love. Yeah, mm-hmm. he left um, a few years ago. And he's now being replaced by Yoris Child from uh, Gorky's. From Gorky's, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's got a very long intro, like a minute of noise before it gets into it. <laughs> Just <laughs> which, a noise. Which yeah. may be why it wasn't a radio, a radio hit in the UK unless it did a, a radio edit. It's got great pounding drums. It's got that fuzzy guitar that people said that Oasis um, mm-hmm. were influenced by in a when they first came out, yep. that same guitar sound. Um, the verse sounds like Turn, Turn, Turn by the Bird. Yep. I'm a Leo, guys, if you want to talk about star signs. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too, so am I. I'm ah! a Leo. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, lovely. <laughs> the video is so dull. I think I've noticed, because yeah. like Chris said, they've never had many hits. And watch the music videos. They are not helping themselves in any way. <laughs> it's basically the band sat there playing guitar. And it's okay. Yeah, so um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Let's hope Babs doesn't rain fire on this. I love the first minute of noise. <laughs> I thought the guitars, it started and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm really going to like this band. I'm very, because it sounded shoegazy, but poppy. And I was like, well, I've never, I've never heard something mm-hmm. like that before. And it went on for so long. I was like, wow, they're really building it. And then they start singing and uh, I was less keen. I like his voice and I like the drums, but it's just not my particular flavor of guitar sound or melody. So again, yeah, I can I can appreciate why, why some people would like it. And I did like Elements, but but yeah, not one of my faves. It's the worst job being the drummer from Tino's fan club. Uh, it just seems to be three, three guys. Oh yeah, and a drummer, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> they keep changing. I think they changed the drummer like five times in their career. Yeah, there's there's a bit of a, a, a sort of a revolving door policy with the drummers, I think. Yeah. Poor guy. Then there, what's the next choice, Chris? Yeah. Well, this is again. I've done these in chronological order um, because I did the same thing. I listened to all the albums through back to back. Um, this is from their their third album, which is called Thirteen, which is another big star reference. Uh, and this is a song called The Cabbage. Now, this album again is 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 an interesting one. It was a critical flop. Um, I think everybody said that the songs weren't as strong as they were on Bandwagon-esque. Um, and I think that's down to the production of the album. It's not very well mixed. You have to turn it up really loud to actually hear anything. It's very, very fuzzy. Most of the songs are there, and I think this is probably the best one on there. It's just it's just a nice song. I, I, I kind of like the, the lyrics about lost love. I, I, I'm a sucker for those sort of things in my indie songs. My, my huge band love is The Wedding Present, and all they do is sing about lost love and being in love and not getting a girlfriend. And I really, really like songs that have that in the lyrics, and this is this is kind of one of those. Um, it's just a, a a cracking tune from a not particularly good. Well, it's it's an okay album, but not one of their finest albums. I um yeah, I never heard this album before, but on research, I quite like the song "Radio" um from the album. Yeah, that that was a single yeah. from it. Yeah, another great video. <laughs> I think this is. I've noticed. <laughs> I think they're in a supermarket for that video. I've noticed that. Um, Norman Blake, he wrote a song. He seems to be the in, to enjoy singing about lost love quite often on his songs. I've noticed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's an awful name of a song, but I think reading about it, they mentioned that on this album, it was all the temp tracks. Like none of these were supposed to be the song yes, titles. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Which is why we've got like <laughs> Raymond One and Cabbage and things like that. You know, they're not proper song titles. Yeah. The, there's a there's a really lovely love song on there. Um, and it's called Norman Three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice song, but I, I think that sort of that, that that's a good sort of tell into. It almost feels like the band lost interest if they couldn't be bothered to come up with titles of songs. There's a song they called Commercial Alternative and things like that, which if they couldn't be bothered, it, that that kind of feels like the way that the album was produced. It's like they couldn't really bother to finish it I off. I read properly. today that they spent ten thousand pounds on um, getting creation to create an artwork for it. And it had a, a, a girl holding an ice cream, crying with the word 13 on her T-shirt. That's right. And the band wow. said, yeah, That's we're right. not having that. So they, went, so they went, went, went off and got a football and put 13 on it. 
Yeah, and put it in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's very much. You can see the PR must have hated Teenage Fan Club. Yeah, I think that's possibly talking about why they weren't so successful. I think you you might have sort of hit the nail on the head. Is they're quite difficult to market in that they're very very ordinary people. They're not controversial. They're not outspoken politically or about anything else. They don't go, oh, I've had a fight with me with our kid, me brother, or any of that nonsense. And like you said, their videos are they are boring. They're very very dull videos. So. All they've got to rely on is their songs, which should be enough. But of course, in in the modern age of music, it's not. Yeah, strange because Crowded House seems to get away with being massive from their songs alone because they're kind of average men. So I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know why the why the Tina's fan yeah. club struggled. But um, yeah, Babs. This one uh, has more riffs, which which I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the lead guitar, and it really reminded me of Ash. Uh, this song. I think Ash were obviously influenced by Amer okay. American bands yeah. uh, in a way that other Britpop era bands weren't. And this one and another one on your list, Chris, really reminded me of Ash. But unfortunately, it's the side of Ash that I'm not such a fan of. Um, but it was interesting <laughs> to know. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh. And then um... I'm off now. That's it. <laughs> well, we, ne we never know. There's three more songs. Over underrated. And this is this is probably one of their bigger songs, isn't it? That we're going to um, Sparky's Dream. Yes, Sparky's Dream from the the one album that Fran allegedly owns, which is Grand Prix, which is my favourite album of theirs. I think this album is perfect. It's one of my favourite albums of all time. So I've, I've actually chosen two from this one. So I chose Sparky's Dream again because it's. It's just a really nice bird style, bit of power pop. There's some lovely harmonies. I think it's got a really, really catchy chorus. I like the guitar riff that leads up to the chorus. Um, there's less of that sort of fuzzy shambolic stuff that they've done in the past. It's, I, I, I end this in every way, but it's just, I think this is just a really, really great pop song. Yeah, I, I was shocked how this only got to number 40 in the singles chart. Because in, in that time, like, there's mm. so many bands would be like in the top five with really average indie so how on earth did this not break the top 40 is bizarre this was around the time of bands like reef and dodgy yeah. who were going top five i think why why maybe because i, I read melody maker and they mentioned it a lot but I, I was very aware of this album so i don't know why the uk charts didn't give a shit about it i i love the intro i love the the core changes yeah, it's, it's great. I think he's their best singer as well, um, um, Love. So um, I'm very hurt as why this is not become a global smash. I thought, okay, now I understand the Beach Boys um, references because there's a lot of harmonising going on. And again, the, their voices are excellent, but the ooh-ooh-ah-ahs annoyed me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe enjoy a live you version. You don't like ooh and ahs. <laughs> But there's still two more songs. Have you, like, have you seen these live, anyone? I'm not seeing them live in person. I, I watched um, a couple of, of YouTube clips of them in 2000 at the Astoria. And yeah, but they give a lot live. Um, so yeah, are they, are they a great live band? They, they seem to be pretty much the same as the records when, when I listen to them. Yeah, yeah. I think, sorry, Bob, they do the oohs and ahs live as well. <laughs> they're, they're great harmonies. Mm -hmm. um, I saw them at this really nice fest. did you ever go to the essential music festival in brighton fran i know about it i've not been i've not heard of it remember that yeah they, they played it that it was it was a giant marquee with two stages so you get one band playing on one end of the of the marquee as soon as they'd finished a band would go on the other end and so it was constant from end to end cool. um and they played at that and it was they were they were on in the middle of the day they of course they should have been bloody headlining but they were on in the middle of the day and they were absolutely outstanding they were great and reef were at that as well who of course were I think dodgy were as well, actually, and they were dreadful. Um, but they they are a good live band. They they they're nice. They're funny. They're witty when they talk to the crowd. It does sound similar to what they do on on record, but just a little bit louder mm. and sometimes a little bit more off key. But no, I, I think they're a really good, really consistent live act. And then we're going to uh, track four, which is on the same album, isn't it? It is. Yeah, this is another one from Grand Prix, which is Neil Young. Nice joke there. Which again, it's this is back to Norman Blake. You said Gerard Love is your favourite. I I I do like Norman Blake. I think he's my favourite vocalist with Teenage Fan Club. But this is just another cracking, catchy song. The thing I like about this is the way it stops and starts again. 
Mm. They, they go into that was going nowhere. It stops and they start and it just rips into it again. I, I, I always think that's good. And this is just a, another nice song that should have been much more successful than it was. This has got to about number 65 in the charts or something mm. like that. Another song about lost love, which of course is, is good for me. They're always good songs. Just a nice noisy song which goes on for ages at the end. There's a very long instrumental bit which goes on for about five minutes and that, that, that's, that's great. Really good song, this one. Yeah, I, I really like the pauses between the um, the guitars when he sings. He sings like a lyric, then a little bit of a guitar action, then back to lyric again. It really, um, yeah. yeah. Out. It's also got quite a nice Beatles-esque guitar solo to it too. Apparently, it's about um, Doug the Stewart from the BMX Bandits. This song. Ah, I think everyone has been in the BMX Bandits. If you see the list yeah. of, <laughs> of sort of ex personnel from BMX Bandits, it's pretty much every musician from Scotland. But Norman Blake. Has always been in BMX bandits, yeah. Yeah, so they're like the fool, aren't they? Um, everyone's been in the fool at one point if you lived in Manchester. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think my favourite song from the album is um, Meadow Doubt. It's a really um, great acoustic sort of number. But um, yeah, I, I don't remember what the singles were. It was, I think, um, Sparky's Dream, Mellow Doubt, and I think Neil Young as well. Mellow Doubt was the first oh, single really? that came from the album. Yeah, um, I was tempted to put that on here because it's a really good song, but I just like the up-tempo stuff a bit more. Um, so I had no idea who the BMX Bandits were. I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and apparently Kurt Cobain said, if I could be in any other band, it would be BMX Bandits, which is interesting to know. Um, so what what intrigued me about this song were the lyrics. Immediately, I, I don't always pay attention to lyrics, but it starts, you had a girlfriend. That wasn't good enough for you. And I was like, oh, hello. Okay. Uh, there's something going on here. Uh, but the lyrics are kind of dodgy, Chris. No, she was younger, but that was old enough. You knew to get undressed for you, stressed for you. I was like, oh, uh, this feels yeah, a little it's, bit insally. It's, it's ropey. Yeah, a bit noncy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a bit noncy because uh, she was younger, but that was old enough. You knew. I'm like, okay, that's it is an interesting selection of words. Uh, it reminded me. I hope you're not insulted, but the melody kind of reminded me a little bit of Half Man, Half Biscuit. The melody, not the, not the, not the song. Uh, I, I was thinking of. Uh... I love Half Man, Half Biscuit. Oh, okay, good, good. I don't know. Like, I, I really like them too, but I, yeah, I don't know how you felt. Um, it gets stuck in your head. Like, it really is. Like, I would, I would agree that it's catchy, but literally, when it started, I went no, 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 because it just. I was just like, this is so, <laughs> this is so not my kind of music. But yeah, there is. I, I left that to the end to, to say that. But there is one more song, so yeah. Oh, you're gonna love this one. I can tell. I, I've got a feeling. Hey, Chris. Final so, track. Final final track is "Start Again," which is the opening track from their their next album, "Songs from Northern Britain," which is a little bit sort of Grand Prix Part Two. They've really, really gone for the birds with this one. This just sounds so much like the birds. Not the psychedelic birds, but the more sort of poppy birds. Um, all those amazing harmonies and melodies. Um, I like this one because it's got that slightly weird time signature when they get to the chorus. It sort of goes from 4-4 four, four to 3-4 four and catches you out. And anything like that and there's always going to be good. And it's, 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 This is another good album. Um, I think their most successful commercial album anyway. Um, and it did coincide with their only ever appearance on Top of the Pops. But this, this, it's, it's a good album, and I just think this song is, again, just lovely. Lovely harmonies and melodies. I wonder if the success of this album was all the people who had just got into Grand Prix. Um, because I think Grand Prix is a better album, but this seemed to get all of the, mm. um, all of the commercial success. So I assume everyone who bought Grand Prix bought this album, and I think that had the biggest hit was, um, was Ain't That Enough, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, this is a great tune. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I wasn't, it's not my favourite off the album, but um, it's another Norman Blake emo lyric again about exes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling down and can't think clearly. Therapy's expensive. Why not use it on, in the songs? There's some nice twiddly guitar action. I don't know who the lead guitar player was for the, for the band. Is it, is it it's Raymond? Raymond McGinley, yeah, yeah. And sadly, the third we, vocalist. Sadly, we haven't mentioned any of his, his songs in this playlist. No, I was I was going to. He he wrote a, a really, really nice song on this album, actually, called Your Love is the Place Where I Come From, which is a mm. very, very, again, a lovely love song, but it's, it's sort of low tempo, and I, I do prefer the, the faster ones, but it was 50-50 about whether I was going to put that one on. So I'd, I'd recommend you listen to that if you want a bit of Raymond. 
yeah, the guitars have changed from the early days. Like they're, they're certainly now chime more than scuzz. Apart from the solos, quite um, yeah, scuzzy. But yeah, it's, it's. I think it's it's very much a teenage fan club song. It's not a standout for me. I think they've got better tracks. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, mm-hmm. another great track, and I think you'd be crazy not to get something out of it. I agree. Uh, this was my favorite song. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely my my favorite song. The harmonies are very pretty. And I think the reason why I enjoyed it is because the guitars aren't so prominent. There's an organ or something similar going on uh, that I think elevates it. I also enjoyed the wonkier time signature. Absolutely, it catches you out. And by the second listen, I'd saved it. So absolutely uh redeemed chris <laughs> yes we got one we got one brilliant <laughs> yeah I, I i do think that the main reason i didn't really like the other four songs was was the guitar sound it is still there like i think yeah you're saying it is a teenage fan club song but just a little bit different um so yeah this this is much more up my street and i i, I think it is the the mix of the harmonies and the organ that make it chris so for further listening what other tracks would you have chosen from the later albums or have you discovered their I think they've got a new album out this year, haven't they? They do. They they got a new they released an album about two or three weeks mm. ago, actually. Mm. And the name of it I did write down. Endless Arcade. Yeah. Um, the the follow-up albums, the, the one they did after Songs from Northern Britain is an album called Howdy, which was the first one they did, Not on Creation. That's that's probably in a similar vein to, to the previous albums, but it, it's a bit more low-key. It's a bit more melancholy than the rest. That one took me a long time to get into. But there's some, there's some very, very good stuff on there. Um, and then going on, there's one from an album, Man Made, um, which is called It's All In My Mind. That's one of those songs that sort of starts off and the instruments come in sort of minute after minute. So the song builds up as it goes along, gets louder as it goes along, which I always enjoy as well. That's a very good album. There's the, the one before Endless Arcade, there's an album called Here, which came out a few years ago. And, and the opening track on that, which is called I'm In Love. Um, I bet you can't guess who wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Norman Blake song and again it's it's that it's the the catchy harmonies it's the melodies it's got a bit of a slightly fuzzy guitar sound but as the albums have gone on they have brought in a lot more it's not just guitars there's a lot more sort of acoustic or keys or there's, there's some that are just piano led going through so maybe something in there for for Babs who knows yeah I mean after after start again I'm, I'm glad that was the last one that I listened to as well I was like ah oh, there is something for for me out there um yeah if there's more of that I'm, bring it I'm on. very pleased I've got a feeling though that Babs may like their debut because I think she would like everything flows everything flows is brilliant yeah okay I will I will go and listen and report back I promise yeah the first album is really interesting because it's almost like they're trying not to sing, because when you listen, they've always got very nice voices and very nice harmonies. That opening album, it almost feels like they're deliberately singing out of tune. It's a strange one. It doesn't oh. sound like the rest of them at all. But, okay. but you're right, Everything Flows is, is a good opener, I think. That's a good introduction. It's also a good Idlewild cover, perhaps, as well. Oh. If you're I, I, I know you're, you're a big fan, right? So, yeah. Well, you know, I think Idlewild, obviously, were, were influenced by the other Scottish uh, you know, 90s bands, so... Yeah, I should definitely check out Tina's fan club. I've got no idea why I don't, I don't even own the best of. Um, I mean, I enjoyed all of your songs. Hmm. I think they're definitely underrated. It's, it's shockingly shocking how in the 90s, when we were all getting massive hard-ons for men playing guitars, that this band were not headlining festivals. It's bizarre. Yeah. And I don't know if, if it's themselves not wanting the success of it, kept pushing um, themselves away from being on these, like, um, TV shows, um, but yeah, I, I think that more people need to listen to Teenage Fan Club. Um, I would not say that they're underrated, just because they have a big cult following. You know, it, it does sound like they're one of those bands that, especially in America, uh, people people know them from Kurt Cobain bigging them up, and and yeah, like like you talked about, Charlize Theron singing singing along to it in in Young Adult. So I, I for me, that's that's kind of perfectly placed no i mean i i guess well, i'm disagreeing with both of you because you're both like no they should be bigger and more people should know them but i'm like actually isn't it better to to kind of be a cult canon band and and have dedicated fans who, who are really into them than for it to be massively overplayed music to be massively overplayed and overused so uh, i know i know i'm uh, i'm disagreeing with the both of you i'm glad to you know to have listened to them know what they sound like and enjoy it at least one exactly one of their songs but i i, I think they i think they they've done reasonably well when these bands started 
when they were proper like you know indie bands they never thought they'd mm. be on top of the pops like it yeah, became it yeah. was a bizarre situation when indie bands became the, one of the most popular bands in the world so they probably wanted to be more like of a cult band. i don't i don't believe they would probably want to be like pop stars i believe they just wanted to be in a band and make great songs which they're still mm-hmm. doing so i'm sure they aren't you know, bitter about is it career, the original lineup that still really sing songs or you know the the album that's come out or or not two members i think yeah left. yeah it's um because they they're, they're big rock and roll names norman and raymond are still in the band norman. um <laughs> and Norman Ray and uh, Jared, who's the other vocalist, um, the one who sang Sparky's so, Dream, he left. Yeah, Jared, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, funny. yeah <laughs> that it, could be the funny. other reason. <laughs> it sounds like they all work in an office together, really, but yeah. But a great name for it a band. It's a good name for a band, actually. Yeah, it's a brilliant. But now they're in their 50s. It, it, I, I still think it's even funnier that they're called Teenage Fan Club. <laughs> There's a documentary that came out about four years ago called Teenage Superstars, all about um, Teenage Fan Club. And I can't get hold of it at all. No, I can't even wow. pay for it. Because, like, yeah, there's, there's adverts for it on YouTube. And, like, all the links, because four years ago, just go to nothing. So if anyone can tell us, tell me how to find that documentary, I'd, I'd love to see it. call out for it now. I'd, uh, I'd be interested to see that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah teenage, teenage superstars. And it talks to Primal Scream and Adam and Gee and all of the, the 90s and they, uh, big names. But, yeah. I'd love to find out more about this band because I think there's a lot more to be said about Teenage Fan Club and um, yeah, definitely be going deeper into the back cat after this record. So thank you, Chris. Excellent. Oh, thank you. No, I, I really enjoyed going back and listening to them all as well. It was great. The, so the frustrating thing is, um, I, like most people, I, I tend to listen to Spotify quite a lot and their two finest albums, which of course are Bandwagonesque and Grand Prix, aren't available on Spotify in New Zealand. So I actually I had to actually go and dig out the CDs that I bought many many years ago and listen to actual compact discs, which again was fun. It was great. It does happen frequently. I I feel like it's more often it's not on Belgium and the it is in the UK, but sometimes um, sometimes I I've had to send Fran almost like unlisted YouTube links to to random songs to to get it. So we are so I guess there's two votes that they are underrated. So so, so yeah, democracy and wins. And and we know we're right. <laughs> Two white men against <laughs> yeah. a woman. It's the story of my life. <laughs> I'm on a podcasting for you. <laughs> so, Chris, where can our audience find well, you? Well, um, I'm. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Porker Web, one word. Um, I also do a podcast called Still Any Good. Like most middle-aged men, I do a film podcast um, <laughs> with my, my friend and, and occasional co-writer, uh, Robert Johnson. And the, the purpose of our podcast is we, we revisit old films that we loved or remembered in our childhood, but we haven't seen for 10, 20 years, just to really see if they were as good as we remember. And of course, we do it with a lot of love rather than being hypercritical. So if you want to listen to that, that's on Twitter, at Still Any Good Pod. It's a great podcast with some great guests. Yes, there has been an amazing guest on there at one point, I remember, yeah. Yeah, Mark Larwood was an awesome guest. Yeah, Mark was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Babs, do you have any, any final words? I'm not, yeah. not going to kill you. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right? So you, you overrule my vote and then you're going to execute me. Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't love Teenage Fan Clubs that much. <laughs> uh, any final words? Um, I mean, yeah, so when, when we were you know, discussing themes... We were talking about are we going to do Scotland? Are we going to do Glasgow? I yeah, I just wanted to say that I think Scotland. I looked up the population; it's five point five million, and there's so many good bands. Like I'm sure we're going to do other cities and 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 other bands in future. Yeah, my my personal favourites, I think, yeah, it's Franz Ferdinand and um, Simple Minds and Garbage and Sophie R.I.P. So I'm I'm very much up for for having more Scottish chat in in future, and uh, and yeah, introducing more people to some underrated gems. Yeah, Glasgow's. <laughs> insane amount of bands mm. come from Glasgow mm. um it's yes um, and Edinburgh I struggle to think of many I'm like Travis Idlewild ish please enjoy Teenage Fan Club please enjoy that is a command I'm being held against my will I'm lying I didn't like that song <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a Teenage Fan Club fan you may be a crowded house fan I guess they've got a similar vibe so we have an episode 
on them too in our New Zealand episode. Which is episode. not combative at all. Uh, no, we, we get on very well in that no, episode, I, don't we, Fran? <laughs> I, I have listened to that. I've, I've listened to that one, and mainly because the last band I saw live a few weeks ago was Crowded House. Oh, yeah, because they, they're touring, uh, lucky, right? A lucky mm-hmm. man. Yeah, they, they did a winery tour. I saw them at a winery just down oh, the road. Oh, that sounds it's a different. Lovely. It's a different world, isn't it? That sounds lovely. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say, they weren't that interesting. It, it wasn't Ooh, the best gig I've been to. I don't blame you. I, I'm a massive fan of Crowded House, and then the, the new album is really average. Um, so I don't know if I can see them again. I've seen them yeah. when they first came back. And I'm happy for I saw them like 12 years ago. You know, I, I don't need to see the, the family Finn um, <laughs> um, playing. That's <laughs> basically what Crowded House is. I will now. do a little plug for another band, though. The support band to Crowded House were a New Zealand band called The Beths. And they were absolutely fucking brilliant. They were so good. So I would highly recommend you have a listen to them. They were great. Not heard of them? Looking into them now. We like obscure plugs. This is what this podcast is about. So thank you very much. Yeah, so guys... Um, Hopefully, wherever you are, you've got a little glimpse of freedom. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy music. And please subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) Goodbye, guys. Cheerio. Bye. over thank you for listening to another episode i should say this is the last in the current series i hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far if you have enjoyed this there's over 20 more episodes you can tune into we have some from new zealand where chris is from we have a eurovision special we have a grun special we have a brit pop special and uh, if you want to recommend a guest or a subject you can get in touch with us on social media we are ou music pod on twitter and over underrated music pod on instagram and we look forward to hearing from you i'm gonna enjoy the rest of the game and i hope you had a great summer goodbye